This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I am very good here in Philadelphia, PA, and we're excited <laughs> to be talking to you every week here on 1210, every Sunday at 9 a.m. You want to ask us a question about residential, commercial mortgages, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And since we're the only real estate show in Philadelphia, we're here to keep you informed. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our webpage, goodnewsinrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with asking Dr. A. Yes, about how and how to hire the right person. We're going to continue. We need to always continue that. Um, we also have Mark's funny story. Got an interesting one for you today. <laughs> and we also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? How long does that stay on my credit report? That's a good question. Mark, we also have our other questions, which... Is it illegal for a bank to sell a loan to another entity without the borrower's approval? Next question is, I'm buying a house that is being sold by owner. Where do we go to make the contract and transfer the title? That's a good question. Good question. We want to sell our home ourselves to save money. Do many people purchase homes this way? If not, then why? And we know you have the answer for that one. We get that one a lot. We do. All similar ways. Yep. The next question is, what can you do after buying a home and the city found unpermitted things done? Who is liable or what can be done about it? That's a good one. And our topic of the day, Mark, is six tax benefits for homeowners. Yeah, I got that one because I they asked, they contacted me for a little donation this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know they never ask for a little donation. <laughs> But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, the significant problems we face cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. So it's all about mindset. You have the right I, mindset, problems turn in, 
to solutions. And when somebody isn't willing to change their mindset, you know how frustrating that is? Yeah. And then, then they get stuck and they get and they wonder why the train ran them over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So where are we at? Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So home price, the market's in such great shape. I, I, I'm talking to so many students. I just had three classes start. And they have no clue. And, and, and it's a shame. Like, we can't get all 1.6 million people to listen to us every Sunday. Because there'd be a ton more listings. But anyway, home prices have been rising in every corner of the U.S. With, a, with the pace of new home sales surging earlier this year to a high not seen in 14 years wow combination of heightened demand in part due to the covid19 pandemic after last week you were criticizing me why why the way i was saying <laughs> pandemic and it was a record, pandemic <laughs> and the record low mortgage and i heard the pandemic stand down on gerard at anyway <laughs> and the record low mortgage rates have continued to support the boom in the u.s housing market real estate most resilient sector of the economy uh, of the major sectors, U.S. economy housing has been the brightest spot, even during the whole COVID nineteen thing. And unemployment didn't prevent millions of house hunters from buying houses across the country. And unlike in previous housing booms, this one has no correlation with lending to borrowers with low credit. They haven't done that kind of stuff. You know, they didn't do. We're, we haven't seen all the crazy things we saw back in two thousand four and five. And things are just like in such great shape, but unfortunately, the public doesn't know what's going on. the The median credit score through the uh, third quarter, seven eighty seven was the high, and that's the highest we've seen in some time. So it doesn't look like this demand is being driven by unsound lending practices. Wait, so that's making seven eighty seven. It is uh, the median credit score across the country. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Surprising, <laughs> isn't it? Another, um, uh, it's not surprising. I'm shocked. I know. Another reason housing market recovered so quickly is that we experienced a, a pretty short recession from February to May, which took was really quick, had really that much, it didn't have that much impact on the buyer psychology. If we had double dipped, that could have changed that mentality. So that mindset for the buyers and the sellers really didn't change. The risk would be further amplified if we had failed to get any further uh, fiscal stimulus, but that happened, and now they're talking about doing some other things. So, all in all, housing is in great shape and is looking really good in 2021. Interesting thing I wanted to say in this. I read this article, actually the other day, about Primo's Hoagies. Okay. They had their best year <clears throat> of all time. They did fifty-five million in hoagies, and they're opening twenty-one new franchise lo locations. And they lowered their franchise price. I think it was like thirty-something down to twenty-something. But during this COVID nineteen, they had their best year of all time. So some certain businesses are doing great now. The bar and restaurant business, I feel really sorry for, and my heart goes out to them. And Absolutely. That's the and even though unemployment is getting really lower. The unemployed is the hotel, the bar and restaurant industry. I, I have a student in class right now that owns a restaurant, and it was we had like a half hour discussion about it, and and then I and then my wife made me go to uh, Giant for food 
and me and Evie went, and there's like it had to be fifteen hundred people in there, and there and we're in there with women running me over with carts. One whacked me in the back <laughs> of an ankle, and but I can't go in a restaurant and sit every other booth, or go in a bar and sit every two stools. It's ridiculous. But anyway, the market, the real estate market's great. It's a great time to get in the business, and because a lot of the agents are getting older, and we need some new blood, and. Uh, I'm very optimistic about 2021. So No, I, I'm very optimistic. I think it's going to be phenomenal. And speaking of optimistic, Mark, we have our rates and our 30-year conventional, 25 to 2.625%. Still staying around the same for the last couple months. But again, it, it is credit score driven and it's also driven by loan to value. Um, we have our 15-year, which is a 2.625. Your FHA, 2.625%. As well as, I don't even want to get into the five one arms. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Why would he even do it? Yeah, I mean, re, we are refining. Our refi, our refinance department is closing probably about six to seven loans a week and saving people hundreds of dollars. I mean, if you're not ready to refinance, give me a call and I'll talk you into it. You should hire three more assistants. Working on it. I know. Working on it. I actually sent a, a letter to the greatest accountant in the world, Mr. Oh. Devlin, this morning about the rates <laughs> and told him to step on the gas and wake that tear away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there were some good, good rates there. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT All Positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to your funny story. I got a good one for you today, too. So we always talk about, like, you know, when these deals go bad, everybody wants to hire a lawyer and sue. And I always tell, you know, stay out of court at all costs. You never want to go to court. Try to work it out. So anyway, this agent, he gets in a court thing, and he gets called in to be a witness. So this realtor, he's all nervous. He's never been in a courtroom, and now he's going to be in the witness stand. So he don't want to go to court at all. He walks up, takes the stand. The clerk walks up to him and tells him, raises his hand and swear in the witness. So the clerk says, please repeat after me. I swear my, by Almighty God. Realtor says, I swear by Almighty God that the evidence that I give, and the realtor says, that's right. No, the clerk goes, no. He goes, repeat it. And the realtor goes, all right, repeat it. And the clerk goes, no, no, repeat what I said. And the realtor says, uh, what did you say? He goes, that the evidence that I give, and the realtor says, the evidence that I give, and the clerk said, shall be the truth, and he goes, it will, and nothing but the truth. And the clerk goes, no, please, just repeat after me, and shall be the truth, and... He goes, listen, I'm not a scholar. I'm a realtor, you know. <laughs> and the clerk says, we appreciate that. Just repeat after me. Shall be the truth and, and the realtor says, and shall be the truth and, and the clerk says, nothing. He goes, okay. Now, he says, don't say nothing. Say nothing but the truth. And the realtor says, yes. 
And the clerk goes, well, do so. He goes, you're really starting to confuse me now. <laughs> so this is the whole point. So avoid court at all costs. You don't want to go to court. If you can work it out, work it out. Don't go to court. Things oh are, my don't God. go the way you want them to go. <laughs> so anyway, then the clerk says, nothing but the truth. He goes, okay, I understand. The clerk says, then say it. Say what? Nothing but the truth. The realtor says, I will say nothing but the truth. Clerk says, please just repeat these four words. Nothing but the truth. The realtor goes, what do you mean, like now? He goes, yes, now. Please just say those four words. He goes, nothing but the truth. And the clerk goes, thank you. And that was only the beginning of the case. So oh you want to stay God. out of court at all costs. At all costs. <laughs> oh, if you have a funny story you'd like us to share, send it to 8029 or give us 8029 at comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5509. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Cat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage, the best mortgage mom in the world. And her topic is, how long will that stay on my credit? Which everybody always wants to know. It's a hot topic, Mark, and we are up to our mortgage mom topic, which today is how long is it going to stay on our credit? And Very good this, topic. It's a great topic, and it's a simple question, and I bet you don't get it right all the time because how long does something stay on our credit report? The answer is it depends, um, but I obviously cannot give you points for that. So the most will answer that it stays on your credit for seven years, and that is is just completely wrong that's to start myth. with it is a myth and to start with typically a derogatory account like a charge-off profit and loss or collection will stay on your report for seven years from the date of the last activity so if you look at the credit report it's going to be what they say DLA on your credit report and this is a big difference than just seven years because every six years you pay a dollar towards that account you would die of old age before it came off. Additionally, if the, account, if the account gets sold to another creditor, you almost get another seven-year sentence. So to answer seven years is just not correct. Even late payments, child support, they stay on there for seven years. And they're reporting late. Judgments are seven years from the satisfaction time frame or the starting time frame, whichever is first. A Chapter 7 bankruptcy itself is 10 years. But the accounts that are included in that BK are actually seven years. Chapter 13 is between seven years after satisfaction or 10 years, whichever is first. And federal and state liens have no status of limitation whatsoever. So basically, you have to make sure that when that gets taken care of and they're being satisfied, that you turn that paperwork in to get satisfied. Right. So they're not automatically going to do it for you. Hard inquiries, lost, they last about two years, although it's irrelevant as the damage, it's only lasts for one year. And many people ask, you know, how I don't want you to run my credit. It's going to bring my credit down. And that's a fallacy because on as far as the mortgage company, it's only going to be on there for 120 days. And they really just want you to write an inquiry letter to say what it's about. And although this is what is meant to happen, it doesn't mean that everyone is playing the rules 
On the flip side, once we discover all the misleading, erroneous, questionable, unverifiable information, it generally will come off immediately. So with all those, and that just throws everything out the window as far as all those timeframes are. So when you're running your credit, when you're looking at your credit, you need to go through it line by line to make sure everything's accurate. The balances are accurate. The date of birth is accurate. Your social security number is accurate. All that information needs to be verified and we can help you with that. And there's many other companies that can do that as well. So Mark, we always talk about running credit. How long does it take? And it usually takes about five minutes to be able to do that. And that's a big difference in going with the big banks because we're able to help you with that credit, go through it again, verify certain things, dispute certain things, and also do that simulator to make sure that we can get the credit score high enough to where it needs to be. You know, it's interesting. I have personally something going on right now. It was a bill uh, from 2018, a hospital thing where I went to a hospital and they didn't have a doctor on staff, so I didn't stay. We left right away because they didn't have a doctor and they charged me for it. And I, I argued with them for about six months and all of a sudden I stopped getting the bill and it wasn't showing on my credit. They just sold it to somebody else and now I got a letter again. <clears throat> just like and- that point you were making. And, yeah, and, they added, and they added about 700 hours. And they added about seven hundred hours. So now I'm going to turn them over to Legal Shield, and and fight with them. You need to because it's insane. And and you know I've been dealing with it for the last couple days where people are saying you know they'll have a medical collection mark on the credit report, and their score will boost up between fifty to hundred points. And the problem is some medical companies won't delete. Yeah, well, I'm going to sig the lawyers on them because. I was never treated, and I was charged. That's insane. You remember? That's insane. You, I went to. I went there, and they said we don't have have a doctor on staff for, for to look take a look at your eye, and uh, you should go to Will's Eye. And we left, and they charged me three hundred and twenty five dollars for the emergency room visit, which yeah. I was there for about five minutes. And Mark, the other point too is a lot of people are using Credit Karma to monitor their credit. And unfortunately, it's not accurate. I mean, it's a free service. It'll tell you what things are on there, what things, you know, got paid if another account got added. But the bottom line is when it comes to the actual FICO score, it's not accurate. And either are the the credit scores that are on your credit, um, like your Capital One, your Discover. They're not accurate either. And we find a lot of times that their credit score is actually higher. When I run it. Well, it's a 50-50 shot, to be honest with you. Uh, Yeah. But anyway, um, but there's a lot of good information and and people really have to take heart as to what their credit score is and and have to be aware what's on there. Because not only buying a home, but it also affects other things like car insurance. Um, Yeah. You know, I tell people. Homeowners insurance. Exactly. And, you know, I just gave my um, my nephew a secured credit card for his um, for Christmas. And one of the things I told him on there is instead of girls asking what your actual, you know, horoscope sign is going to be, they're going to be asking you what your FICO score is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are up to our question and answer segment, which is coming next. And that was a good topic because a lot of people, they have a lot of myths about credit, just like the down payment 20% myth. So you cleared up a lot of that. 
So that was very good. Very, very good. <laughs> so with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we're up to our question and answer segment. Very good. So what's the first question? The first question is, is it illegal for a bank to sell a loan to another entity without the borrower's approval? It happens all the time. Well, it does, and it's called servicing. So what happens is when you actually sign all of those mortgage documents, you're acknowledging a transfer of servicing rights. So it doesn't have to be an approval um, because when you're signing those docs, you're acknowledging that the company's actually going to do that. And also what happens is you can, when you're like, when somebody wants to lock a loan with me, I can lock a loan with a, with a certain company, right. but that has to all be discussed ahead of time. It's not guaranteed, but it has to be discussed ahead of time. So yes, they can do it without their approval. Cause once again, they're signing those documents at the settlement table. Saying that they may not service the loan. Well, it's not may not, it's the company's either servicing the loan or they're not. And generally with my company, we close in our own name, Green Tree Mortgage Company LP. We bring the money to the table and there's no question as far as whether or not we're going to service. Again, they're signing a document stating that the the servicing rights are going to be transferred. Yeah, that's what the public doesn't understand. Like, it's actually you doing the mortgage, but down the road, these things are sold in bundles in the market. All right, what's the next one? All right, the next question is, I'm buying a house that is being sold by the owner. Where do we go to make the contract and transfer the title? Google. <laughs> Google. <laughs> well, you know, if this buying a for sale by owner, this is where it can get sticky. Because, you know, the whole thought was the seller of the for sale by owner put the 795 sign out there for sale right. by owner, and this buyer decided to buy it and they somehow negotiated the price and they came to that and now they need a contract and now they need somebody to do all that work and that's why 97 percent of for sale by owner deals end up using a realtor end up using a realtor and out of the three percent that do go forward only a half of them actually make it to settlement because right. somebody needs to do all this work in the middle. And they're not realtors or title people or mortgage companies. Right. And, you know, sometimes, Mark, they can go to, like, National Title Agency. They have an attorney. They have a couple of attorneys right there in the office. So transferring of the title, they can take care of all that. And then the attorneys that are in the office can also draw up the agreement of sale. And you're going to pay for all that. And you and aren't going to pay for that. Uh, and sometimes you could end up paying more than you paid in commission because some lawyers are very expensive. Some lawyers are. Yeah. All right, All next right, what's question. What's the next one? We want to sell our home ourselves to save money. Do many people purchase homes this way? If not, then why? And that goes because right into the exactly last question. exactly what we just talked about. Right. A, a small majority actually do this because, you know, it's like dentistry by owner. 
you know why take that chance you know they people hire <laughs> professionals because right. that's what they do all right what's the next one the next question is what can you do after buying a home and the city finds unpermitted things done who is liable or what can be done to fix it so this is like the you bought a house and apparently they there was a deck on it or something like that right and right. on that block for an example that's the only house with a deck on it and the and the agent they just that listed the house never really asked the seller did you get permits or and a desk deck's really nice it's uh, brings value to the property and and then they and then the home inspector does a home inspection and he inspects the deck and everything looks great and then it turns out that they need a city cert or a, or a certification from the township and somebody from the township comes out and sees this deck and that was built they might have hired somebody to build it it was done very well and all that but they didn't pull a permit so now you got this situation now what if the city says you know that's the only deck on this block and we're not allowing decks on this block you're going to have to take that down. Who's liable? That the in the end, that seller's liable, right? So I mean, I in my house at the convent, uh, there was some <laughs> stuff done that I know that Don that had the convent prior to me did some stuff on his own, and I I know he didn't get a permit for, her, but it never came up and it never became an issue. But uh, this happens. People do things without permits. Sure, it happens and, all the time. And then when they, the, the township shows up and all of a sudden there's something that shouldn't be there because they don't have a permit for it, it's an issue. So you right. want to be careful. All That's right, next, next question. One. I'm considering the offer price for a condo. The real estate agent says that the only comps for the same building are relevant. But the only one sold in the same building was in 2009 and the comps... Aren't the comps from the nearby area more relevant or no? You know what? This is a, a situation. Now, that agent, he's right in one way, that it's got to be apples to apples. But if, there, if nobody's moving out of this condo because they all love it, and there hasn't been a sale since 2009, you got to take some nearby similar square footage, you know, apple to apple comps. You got to be able to appraise it. Right. And they got to make the adjustments. Just because there hasn't been a sale since 09 doesn't mean that, you know. So some agent came up with the price to list this thing. And hopefully they didn't go crazy. And they looked at some r comps within. I always start at a tenth of a mile, half a mile, one mile, three miles at the max to go out. And if you got to do that, you got to do that. And they, and you can look at some other actives. They don't have to be solds. They could be pendings. But there, if just because this there were say there's 50, 50 condos in this building, right? And there hasn't been a sale since '09. That doesn't mean it's not going to appraise. You just gotta. You just gotta. Now this is where you got to be proactive as an agent and talk to this uh, appraiser and solve that problem. But. Otherwise, values would never go up. So, what's the last one? Do the last quick. question is, who pays the commission on a commercial business for sale or rent? 
Well, if it's a, just a business, no building inv involved, uh, usually it's negotiated, and usually the commission could be paid by the buyer or paid by the seller or split. It's according to how it, it, every deal structured. I've done a lot of business-only deals, and sometimes it's, you know, it's not like a house where it's, you know, it's five percent or six percent that they're they're negotiated. Uh, I know a lot of business brokers try; they shoot for ten percent on these deals. But, but what it's side? All, it's who, all negotiable, right? But who pays it? It it it's not automatic. It's not automatic like seller, it is in residential. No, it's not automatic like. Uh, even residential, uh, you can have some seller that says, listen, I ain't paying the commission, make the buyers up on a for sale by owner. They could say, make the buyer pay that agent, you know, but on a commercial deals, a lot of times that that commission is going to be negotiated. So very good. Very good, Mark. There are, that, there always are a couple have good the questions answers. There are some good questions there. There are some good questions. All right. And coming up next is our topic of the day. The six tax benefits for homeowners. All right. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD All Positive all the time. So where are we at, Dan? Dan, you, you there, Dan? <laughs> Mark, we are up to our topic of the day. Six tax benefits for homeowners. Alright, so now I can't be totally specific since we just had an election and there's a new administration, but there's always tax benefits for owning a home. Now, back in way back when you know there was what was it last year what could you get like five thousand or eight thousand dollars so there's always going to be some kind of deductions now they're talking about a fifteen thousand dollar one for if you purchase a home and they're making it sound like this is the one part i don't like they're making it sound like like they're giving you this 15 grand to help you buy a house but that's not what's actually happening. What's happening at the end of the year when you do your file your taxes, right? You can claim this fifteen grand. So that's different than getting like a grant or seller assist or something like that. So specifically, I ain't, I'm not giving out specific numbers till we find out what they're actually going to do. But there's deduct deductions. There, that's a home buyer tax credit. Then there's deductions for all the fees that. The on the loan, uh, all the stuff that you paid, settlement costs, origination fees, discount points, whatever. You get all that, you can deduct prop property tax deductions. If the year you purchase your home, you entitled to deduct the real estate taxes you paid at the closing court table. If you paid in advance, you can deduct the property taxes you pay each year, correct? Mm-hmm. And then... I call you taking a drink there. Correct. And the, and the mortgage interest <laughs> deduction. So every year you conduct the amount of interest and late charges you put on your mortgage and home equity loans. And there are limitations if you're required to purchase private mortgage insurance because you've made a payment of less than 20% down. 
Uh, you can write some of that stuff off. Home office expenses. Now, I was talking to our favorite accountant, Don Devlin. Right. Mr. Don Devlin, the greatest accountant in the world. And I always thought that home office expenses was a red flag for an audit with the IRS. Somebody told me that a long nope. time ago, and I believed that. And I brought it up to Don. He goes, nah, that's not true. <laughs> you know, he's, he's always so he's always so upbeat, man. He goes, that's not true. Who told you that? <laughs> so, uh, so you can, your home office expenses, especially now, since er, so many people Everybody's are working from home, home yeah. you can write off that these home office expenses. So you can spruce your office up like you did, got out of the closet, and, uh, and you can write some of that off. The cost of selling your home. Their cost, there's cost to you when you sell your home. The commissions, the title insurance, legal fees, if you did any advertising, if you did any kind of inspections or whatever, uh, you can or repairs that incur 90 days before you sell your home, you can write that off. And the gain on your home, if you lived in your home for at least two years of the previous five years before you sold it, the government lets you take up to 250000 of profit on a sale of your home, tax-free, and that amount is double for couples. Uh, deduction isn't available on a rental or second homes. And the government also allows you to subtract from your home sale profit any amounts you spend on improvements, such as window replacement, siding, kitchen, I think uh, also some of the, uh, the green stuff. Energy efficient. Um, energy efficient. The green stuff. stuff. The green stuff. You know, that grows on the roof. Those deductions, in, a, in addition to the tax credits, you can receive and make an energy saving upgrades and all that money invested in routine maintenance. That stuff doesn't count. So there's lots of reasons to buy tax wise. And you don't get any of that with a rental. You just keep paying somebody else's mortgage. That is and correct. We're up to 45% of Philadelphia renting. I'm telling you, it's time to buy. It's time to buy, but it's also time to sell. We got to get inventory, Mark. We need definitely need thirty six hundred. I told somebody that number this week. They did not. They did not believe me. They thought I was like, I didn't know what I was talking about. I'm, I, I told them. I said, listen, I did been doing market reports for eleven years on the radio, and that is the lowest number I have ever seen. Thirty six hundred homes for sale in Philadelphia at a 676,000. That is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And don't you agree that it's also the highest rental rate? Yeah. And 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 it's the highest rental rate and rents are high. You know how many houses in I live in Fox Chase in Philly. So there's a lot of it's like you're in the city but you're not in the city. You know how many houses are for sale in 19111 which takes in Fox Chase Ronhurst and some like Lawndale, uh, 12. 10. 10. All right, I was close. 10. And That's how about insane. Anna, how about Anna Green a couple of weeks ago looking in 19115, which is a big uh, zip code, not one house for sale? Yeah, unbelievable. That's insane. All right, so All right. We're, where we that at? was a great topic, Mark. And coming up next is going to be our segment with Dr. A, and his topic is how to hire the right person using assessments. Hey, Dr. Ray, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Very good. So you're going to talk about how to hire the right person using the assessments. So you start it. That's right. Okay, fine. I mean, my, my first question out of the gate today is, is the report that you're using, can it predict performance on the job? 
A lot of people get reports, you know, and they don't know whether it really actually predicts performance on the job or not, but they're using it because it may help them better understand what the person's like. But are you looking for the right factors? Are you looking for the right thing to hire people? So bottom line is, do you have evidence that the report that you're using is related to performance for that particular job? I know. And that's very important. Like you just, you want to make sure that that job that you're hiring for this person's the right person so you don't have to go through this again in six to nine months that's right and a lot of times you think you know that from the gut but unless you have some type of benchmark or some something to measure it against you really don't know right and what happens a lot of times is people choose people that are like themselves because they feel the most comfortable with them uh, instead of choosing people who are going to have strengths where they might have some some weaknesses or limitations or the report isn't even consistent enough to really get to the bottom line as to ever be related to performance. Most reports aren't structured in a way that you can actually see that they are related or can predict whether the person's going to perform or not. So that's why I tell that's why I tell everybody to use the Abelson report because <laughs> you're no, I, I'm being serious because it is so accurate and it's like people are shocked how accurate it is. You know. And we I have, was extremely and we shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and, you don't want to make, and you don't want to make mistakes. Mistakes are costly. Very costly. Uh, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, if it, cause, because your opportunities may be limited. Or if you're in the real estate industry right now, I mean, there's just so much opportunity out there. If you have the wrong person, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities as far as closing because because the inventory is low. And, and what happens is um, if, if you're not effectively handling the person or if you don't get the listing that's, with that, that's fairly limited as far as the availability or if you don't uh, have somebody who can actually help somebody buy something uh, fairly quickly, it's going to be lost. Right. And, and it's important to understand that, that your assessment can measure the characteristics that are important and related to performance, but you have to make sure that's the case. So, number one, People should be asking, show me the evidence that this is that you can predict performance on the job. Number one. Number two, what are the characteristics? And what we do is we have general characteristics that we know go with jobs, but we also have a process that we take somebody through to come up with what are the characteristics that are related to performance. And and we basically have two processes. One, if it's a one time position or you only have if you're a small organization, okay, or we have another process where if you're a mega organization or you have 100, 150 people that uh, that are doing the same job to uh, to identify what that benchmark is. Either one works and it works well. But again, people need to be asking to make sure that it can pre predict performance. The other aspect that I want to talk about now is, is it compliant with equal employment opportunity law or does it potentially discriminate on protected classifications? You know, no, gender no, issues, important. age issues, multicultural issues. Okay, you do. Does your assessment have evidence that that if you have um, a, a woman who's fifty five and she turns around to sue you because you didn't give her a job, that you have evidence that the assessment that you're using to help you make that decision doesn't discriminate in a negative way, and that you wind up being in big trouble if you ever get to court? That's right. That's really important, and that's that's liability to your company. There's Super. so many. I mean, you don't there's so many good reasons to use the Abelson assessment, because I, I've been using it for years because of you, and 
I've avoided a lot of mistakes, and and Deanne's using it, and she's had made some mistakes because she used her gut instead of the assessment. Oh, I just, right. he's well, so good. He's so nice. Yeah. But now we that we that, you know. changed that, it's been amazing. Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks. Well, let, let me, I know we have, we're running out of time. So uh, what's important for those people that are listening is if, if you're using assessments, ask the provider, you know, those two questions, number one. Number two, uh, if you're thinking about using assessments, ask the provider that, or just call me. <laughs> because and how do they? For us, is yes. All right. All right. And how do they reach you, Dr. A? It's dr. Period a at Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net. That's my personal email. Okay. Or you can go to www.A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net. And if they mention your program, I'm going to give them a free assessment. But they have to take advantage of this soon because that offer is going away the end of January. Very That's good. great. Thank you so All much, right, Dr. Dr. A. We'll catch you next week. Sounds great. Talk to you All now. Right. Be safe. All right. Talk to you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners and to all of our sponsors, especially Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, for keeping us on the air for 11 years and tune in every week. We hope you stay faithful to us and we'll be faithful to you so with that have a great week my i'm mark cumberland i'm deanne katsaris your mortgage mom you've been listening to good news in real estate here on talk radio 1210 wphd all positive all, positive all, all the time, the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.